Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. It is... You know what? I have an idea. <laughs> okay, go I ahead. think we should have Phil start the show this morning. Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> Phil, you ready? Uh, oh, silence. Oh. He's not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we miss our we miss our co laborer. Um, I think he's probably raking the lawn this morning yeah, or something. I'm sure. Oh, no. I'm sure. <laughs> no. Look, at, it's snowing outside. Yeah, maybe he's shoveling his walk. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh man, this is great. We do miss him. We do. He he always adds something to this uh, mix. Well, and he has a good radio face. You know, <laughs> he's got a good voice too. <laughs> Well, we need him to go to those some of these deep notes that we're talking about on the Christmas carols. Yeah, for sure. Well, our engineer recommended that we do um, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Is you, can we fit that in somewhere? I don't know. I, I think that's on the docket for next week. Keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been looking at Christmas carols. Um, and, of course, um, if you don't know the connection between singing and um, experiencing the grace of God, I would just recommend go to... At the end of Ephesians 4 or Colossians 2 or 3, 3, where it says, um, let the, you know, the words of Christ dwell in you richly by instructing each other, by uh, singing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. One of the ways that we experience God's grace is through singing. And to one another. To one another, exactly. And especially at Christmas. Which, which means we don't have to do a solo, which is really great. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> And, and your congregation is apparently really thankful for that, too. They, they are. <laughs> um, I, I've been asked to do lots of things in the church. Sing That's has not, not one. been one of them. <laughs> That's not been one of them. I actually think that it would be great if we actually had a musicologist here in the studio with us who uh, could actually um, give that insight. I'm, I appreciate music. I am not a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Well, yesterday we we started looking at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and it is uh, five stanzas long, and we really seven, seven. Oh well, I guess we're only looking at five of them. That's right. Okay. Well, it's seven. We're looking at five, but we even at that we only really barely touched on uh, this song. So let me go ahead and read it. Um, these are the lyrics: O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. And I'm just going to, actually, I'm going to stop right there because mm-hmm. it kind of marks where we mm-hmm. uh left off yesterday on on yesterday's program because we talked about how Israel was captive. Russ, you mentioned 
that Israel thought that they were captive from their oppressors. Uh, you know, throughout history, we see them being captive to the Assyrians, to the Babylonians. Of course, at the time of Christ, they were captive to the Romans. And I, I can't help but thinking about a, a parallel um, because when Jesus came, of course, he showed them what they were truly captive to, uh, which was to sin and death and the devil. And I actually think there's a parallel today with with at least a temptation for many American Christians. What is our, what are we captive to today? Um, I mean, it's it's no mystery, you know, we're in 2021. We've had two years where it just seems like the country is going in a, in a very frightening and discouraging direction. And I think for a lot of conservatives, uh, especially conservatives that are not Christian, they misplace what our captivity is too. Captivity mm-hmm. is, is still the same thing um, that Israel was captive to, which was to sin. Right. And um, what this country needs is not the right politicians in the White House. And I'm I'm a huge advocate of of getting the right politicians in, but that won't save us, will it? We actually need mm-hmm. we actually need freedom from sin. We need a revival. We need to be brought back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so we would actually make the same mistake that Israel did if we misplace what our true captive, our, our true captives are. It's still sin. Well, it just reminds us that the, the problem is uh, addressed through our missionary God who calls people to himself. That's right. I've, I've noticed all my life I grew up in a, in a fairly fundamentalist church um, in my childhood, and, and this whole idea that Josh is talking about, that our salvation is who's in the White House, who controls Congress, who controls the Supreme Court, who – and, and I, if you talk to them, they would never say that that's where they're placing their hope, that's not where they're placing their salvation, that's not where they're mm-hmm. putting their trust. But as a kid, sometimes you have the ability to see things that adults don't. And so as a kid, I was like, but you do trust that. that. That is where you think salvation is going to come from the captivity that's going on in society. And I agree with Josh 100% that I'm not saying that we don't work to have the righteous in places of, of power. We do want that. That's what, what God's word tells us that we want. However, but that's not where I, I put my faith. That's not where I put my trust. Um, and at Christmas time, I'm not asking for, you know, the, that's not my Christmas wish. Um, yeah. My Christmas wish is that true freedom will be found by people in the redemptive work of, of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. There, there is a proverb that says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And there are a number of cities in this land who would rejoice if there were was righteousness mm-hmm. in them? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, even uh, true so, righteousness. True righteousness. If if that if if true righteousness was permeating that society, mm-hmm. um, they would. You know, even those who have rejected Christ would. Um, you know, glorify God because of that. Yeah. But righteousness only comes through, through. the Savior. That's the, right. The one that came. It can't. Mm-hmm. There's no other. When Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me," he he was saying there is no other path to righteousness than Him. Right. Okay. So that's kind of what we talked about yesterday. Um, let's let's go through how um, this this uh, this carol focuses on the different activities that were accomplished by Christ. Right. And, and this is a these are devotional compositions around scripture around certain names of Christ that we would find in the Old Testament. And so so each one of them has each one of them is a prayer that 
um, you know, f- that is sung that God would fulfill that mm-hmm. yep. aspect of his name and character. That's right. Yep. So the the second stanza talks about the rod of Jesse, and, and really it's talking about his work as as this as this king. Um, free Psalm, them, Psalm 2 stuff, right? Yep. Themes. Right. Free, yeah, them free, from, free, free us from Satan's tyranny, you know, um, and uh, from the depths of hell, your people save, give them victory over the grave. You know, our only comfort in life and death is that we're not our own, but we're, we've been bought with a price by the Lord Jesus Christ. And this, is, and this is a reminder, you know, the root of Jesse, the rod of Jesse is going to come, and uh, this was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, that... that uh, Christ would be born of this root of Jesse, of this, uh, you know, the uh, branch is going to grow up. And this is the one that's going to deliver us in this way. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 24 is just so descriptive of the tyranny that we all are under um, of, of Satan. And, and really that tyranny ultimately is about the idea that, that we're all under the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and this theme of Isaiah 24 then into Isaiah 25 that really develops that, that um, God is going to deal with death forever. And that's the great promise that comes back in the the last chapters of the book of Revelation. Um, And so there's this shadow that's over, I mean, Satan's truest power um, is that he has brought us into sin. And that sin, the consequence of sin, is death. And that shadow is over everyone. Um, Their entire life, I mean, we know that we're going to die. And after death, faith is a judgment. And outside of Christ, um, what that means is hell. And Jesus Christ comes as the one that can destroy the work of the devil. Um, As the New Testament says over and over again, that one of the reasons why he came was to undo um, the work that that Satan led humanity into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So picking up in stanza three, I I, I feel like that those are kind of the themes still from Isaiah twenty four. Mm-hmm. Oh come thou day spring. Now uh, let's stop right there. So that's actually the name of your church. Yeah, it's actually taken from Luke chapter one uh, seventy eight seventy nine, uh, where uh, you know there's the announcement of the tender mercies of God that are going to come through the day spring when the day spring from on high visits us. Mm-hmm. Now that's, you know, that's language in the King James, uh, you know, that, uh, using that day spring or the dawning uh, for a name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. So oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Picking up on one verse in uh, Isaiah 24, um, and actually I think this works also with joy to the world. We're, we're going to see that in, in a few programs. The earth mourns and withers, this is verse 4. The world languishes and withers. The highest people of the earth languish. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant. And that's the problem with the world today. The, the whole world lies under guilt. The whole world lies in the darkness of sin. And that's why Jesus came. 
So stanza four, O come, thou King of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. I I actually don't know where the phrase key of David comes from, so I'm hoping you, you guys can help me with that one. I don't know if that's actually a... A biblical phrase, key of David, or if it's just t- telling us the great promise made to David well, he, that he know, would have a he descendant. Is, that, he is the he is the key that opens the door. Yes. is really I think that's what it's pointing to in this that the one that is going to be born of the uh, of the uh, uh, tribe of of Judah from the line of David. He's the key that will open up eternal life for us. Kind of reminds me of the the theme in Revelation too where only he had the power to open up the he has the, the keys of the, the scroll eternal life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and it's really the he's the one that um has set the captives free and mm-hmm. the imagery Psalm 68 Ephesians mm-hmm. um for um that he's leading captivity captive. Captive. Yep. Yes. So then the final stanza O come O come thou lord of might Mm-hmm. Who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and all rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Yeah, the word the Lord of Might is the translation of Adonai, the the, the word for Lord in the, in the scripture, and so it's taking us back uh, to Exodus and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Uh, and reminding us that you know that law came uh, with thunder and cloud and uh, fire. You know the you know there was the people were there was a certain terror, mm-hmm. and yet uh, God was making Himself known to and, them. And they told Moses, they said, uh, "We don't want to hear about this Lord any longer. We need a prophet." Who will who will be a mediator in between? We need a mediator, and, and and later Moses said, "You're right, you do." And that prophet's coming, and that mediator is Christ. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of our great, fantastic, wonderful, inspiring programs, then you can—that's <laughs> the language of all of our listeners that have written in. <laughs> you can just uh, subscribe to the Gospel for Life, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>